Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 135 of the Love Life Connection podcast. I am so excited to be here in your earbuds today, and I'm so excited you're here. So thank you so much for tuning in. If we haven't connected yet on Instagram, make sure you do that. Come find me. I'm Veronica E. Grant on Instagram, and follow me there for just some regular inspiration and advice on love and life and also some other extra things that I just talk about sometimes because I feel like it. Um, I would love to connect with you there and send me a DM. I'm super active on DMs and I would love to hear from you. I would love to learn a little bit more about you, where you are in your life. And if you have any podcast requests, just want to say hello, whatever it is, um, come connect with me there. And I'm really excited for you to listen to today's episode with my caller, Stephanie. She is so raw, so real, so vulnerable on the show and her call today, and I just can't wait for you to listen. But before we get there, I just have a quick announcement. I wanted to let you know that my membership community, the Love Action Tribe, is open for enrollment. Now, I only open enrollment a few times a year, so I really don't want you to miss out on the community and the support you need to attract in real love. So no no matter where you are in dating, no matter your age, no matter if you've never been married, if you are married and or were divorced or have kids or no kids, kind of sort of dating, not dating at all, up to your ears in dating, figuring out your current relationship, reeling from a breakup or something else, we're here for you. You can join us for just $35 a month and cancel any time for whatever reason, no questions asked. And I know that myself and 
this community can support you on your growth. So I invite you to join in on the fun and the community and the growth. Some things that we can help you do, and I think the biggest result people get from the community or the biggest benefit they get is that we can help you to reconnect with yourself and come home to yourself so that you don't lose yourself in the next relationship. I think that's the biggest fear. And the biggest thing I see from women is just completely losing themselves, losing control of their emotions, even sometimes their hobbies, all their things in their life. And we can help you. Um, we can help you to not do that the next time that you meet the meet a person or meet a potential partner. So the way we do that is every month in the tribe, we focus on a different theme to help you find love. And I help you to cultivate those themes by completing the weekly challenges that I send you. So if you've ever done my date yourself challenge, you kind of get the idea of the kind of challenges you might get from me, but they're obviously going to be different. And they're based on the different themes that we have every month. This month, we're focusing on net worth and self-worth because I think that self-worth net worth has a huge impact on the kind of love and relationships you attract. Uh, Next month, we're focusing all about how to let go of people pleasing patterns and shift those. And then the month after that, we're focusing on all things sex and um, and then we're focusing on wrapping up for the year and setting goals and intentions for 2019 with lots of rituals and fun activities planned around that. And you also, every month you have a chance to ask me any question you want in our monthly Q&A and we also connect for a full or new moon circle so we can bring some spirituality and connection to nature on your journey so that you can connect to yourself even more and feel really grounded. And then of course, I think the best part or the most um, popular part of the Love Action Tribe is having that safe private community of women to share with, to celebrate and to support that you can access 24-7. And if you've ever wanted to come onto my show to be coached, those are all women in the Love Action Tribe. So that's another cool benefit is that you get to sign up for one of those call times and they're totally free. Um, And you get to come onto my show and I support you just as if it were just a regular private coaching session. And as you can tell from these episodes, we get a lot done and a lot of clarity in a relatively short amount of time. So to join, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash tribe and please Please do not delay because once enrollment closes, that's it. And I don't want you to miss out. And if you're listening to this episode, either the Thursday or Friday that this show came out, then you also get an early enrollment bonus of my two hour workshop, Make It Work Online, which is basically your A to Z blueprint on how to make online dating work for you. And yes, it can work for you if you want it to. So again, to join and get that special bonus before, make sure you sign up before Friday or by Friday. And you can do that over at veronicagrit.com forward slash tribe. Okay, so back to the show. So this question that Stephanie asked me comes up a lot in often different forms. And a big part of what this of what is needed is to really relearn what love is. And the question is, and this isn't quite Stephanie's question, but this is just kind of the gist of the question that comes up a lot is, why am I always attracted to the bad guys, but not the good guys? And in fact, when it comes to the good guys, they always like me, I don't like them, and I'm actually kind of bored by them. So I get this question all the time. So if you have asked me that, or if you're wondering that, or if you find yourself in that pattern, know that you're definitely not alone. And also, I can definitely relate to that. I was definitely interested in the guy who I knew wasn't going to commit. And the guy that was going to commit and be the nice guy, I'm like, meh, next, I'll take the next guy because it seemed a little bit, um, a little bit boring. And 
there's actually some really good news around this. And the good news is that there's a really good reason. And no, it doesn't mean you're crazy. It doesn't mean you're destined to be with a bunch of losers or bad guys. It just means that there's some core wounds and some core issues around this, around a certain topic or thing that happened to you. And this just happens to be how it's manifesting. Now, it doesn't mean like you're the only person in the world, the only kind of person in the world that has core issues, core wounds, we all do, but they just manifest in our lives in different ways. And this is how yours is manifesting. And this can be healed. I don't like to say solved because you're not something that's broken or needs to be fixed. But this certainly can be healed so that you are interested in the guys who are the quote unquote, um, good guys. And so we're going to talk about that today in this episode. So as you listen into my conversation with Stephanie, I want you to consider these questions. Are you attracted to the bad guys? Do you want the fireworks and the pizzazz and all that good stuff? Do the good guys actually kind of bore you? And do you have a pattern of attracting the bad guys and it's starting out like better than the movies or feels like the movies. And then those relationships either turn toxic or they end faster than they started. Did you experience any trauma as a child? And if you wouldn't say it's trauma, did you feel like you had to earn your parents' attention or love? Or maybe you felt like you were the less favored child or maybe the black sheep of the family? Do you use sex for love or sex for intention? And finally, can you feel the difference between love and sex and lust and affection and passion? So I want you to keep these questions in mind as you listen to my call with Stephanie. All right, we are back. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. I'm so glad you're here. How can I help you today? Okay, so um, I guess this is the best question to ask. So I met a dude about two months ago. Mm Mm-hmm ish about that yeah and I'm a fireworks girl so I need like you know fireworks badam badum chemistry you know the whole bolts and lightning I'm that person like magnetic sexual energy is my thing and this guy is I like him I'm attracted to him in spurts but there's it's like a slow burn I guess that's the best description. That's what I've been doing. It's a slow bird. He's nice. My daughter adores him. He's goofy. He's very country-ish, which works well because I'm from the country, I guess. Like uh-huh. a lot of us, we mesh in a lot of ways, but it's it's a slow burn. There's no patow. And I really I like that patow. Right. And okay. How long have you been seeing him for? Uh, a little over a month and a half now. Okay. And is the question... Is something wrong? Should I keep seeing him? Is that really what the question is? Or how would you afford it? I don't even know how a normal relationship is anymore, which sounds maybe weird, but all my relationships. You're not alone. alone, So, but but all like all my relationships that have died and burned very well, uh, either long or short, they've all started with this firework thing. So clearly firework is not the way to go apparently anyways, but I, I, I'm a very sexual human to begin with. And it's weird because um, I like him. I'm attracted to him, but there's, I really, you know, that whole fireworks, bolts, lightning. Yeah. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. I, I know that. I know that very well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So in those past relationships where you've had like the fireworks and like the whole pizzazz and everything, have those generally started off like really awesome, um, amazing, like can't get enough of you. And then they either turn toxic or maybe just stop as quickly as they started. Is that so? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Okay, which way does it go? Does it go to toxic relationship or does it go to stop as soon as it started or as, as quickly as it started? All of the above. Okay. 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 So, um, I'm a garden. Okay. So you're in the tribe. So you've done some work. What would you yeah. say like your, um, some of your core wounds, like your core issues, like with your inner child, like what is she most wounded by? What is she seeking? Um, I have huge issues of, I guess, abandonment. I have, okay. uh, I, I, I connect, I think I'm not the only one, but anyways, and I've said it before in the meeting, like in the, in the things I connect sex with love and lust and all that. That's the only way I can tend to associate the two together. So, um, yeah. And that's what I attach all my self-worth on. And I've done a lot of work to try not do that. So that's fine. And I've been in a relationship where the guy didn't like sex and that totally messed up my mental state. But this is just, I always mix the whole section lust and fireworks thing with attraction and I know what to do with it. And I just feel totally like a, um, a, 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 a fish out of water. If you want, you yeah. know, I just didn't know what to do with this. I mean, I, yeah, I have, a, I have abandonment issues. I have attention seeking issues. I'm sure the list can go on and on and on, but you know, my parents were the weirdest couple and most toxic I can probably think of, but I, I like him. He's awesome. It's just, I don't know what to do with this lack of attraction. Okay. So there's two things going on here. There's one, the fish out of water thing. So learning like what your new comfort zone is. Um, and that's the first thing. And the second thing is relearning love. And I'm glad you, I think you already have awareness around this because you said you can confuse sex, love, and lust, like as all of the same thing. Um, certainly can be overlap for sure. Like you can love someone and be in lust with them. You can love someone and have like, loving sex but you can also like not have any feeling for someone and like go bang in the bedroom like like there's every there's every combination thereof so here here's the thing and, and this is what happens um a lot when um when you have like whatever the pattern is whether it's abandonment issues whether it's um you know uh daddy was dad was like not there or mom wasn't there either emotionally or physically and you're trying to like um, you know, get that person or get that love that you miss back, whatever, whatever the void is basically that we're, that we're filling, you know, this, cause you know, you're not new to my work by any stretch, um, that we try to basically get those voids filled in by the people that we date as an adult. Correct. We're on the same page there. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and stop me if I, if that something doesn't make sense, cause I want to make sure that I'm super clear in your, you know, following coming with me. So what ends up happening is when we are looking for like people to fill in those voids, when they do fill in the voids, it feels really freaking good. Like fireworks, if you will. Yeah, it's <laughs> right? like, exactly what you are. powerful. It's, it's intense. It's like something out of a yeah. movie. It's exactly. fabulous. I yeah. relate to that. Right. This- right. But that's not really love because I think when we're talking, and that might be lust, might be infatuation, might be all those things, but it's not love, right? Because in order to have love, there has to be an element of, of trust there, right? And like, if you don't really know the person or if the person's like hot and cold or if it turns toxic, like there's not really trust, right? They're not, I mean, like people might say, oh, well, he told me things he's never told anyone before, but it's like, do you really trust him to like show up the next day? And like, or do you trust him to show up the next day and not be hot or cold or not be like all over the place or angry or whatever. Right. So there has to be an element of 
um, of trust. And if the trust isn't there, it's not really love. Love is more of like a steady state, right? It's not like this ups and downs, right? Because you can be really angry at someone and still love them, right? You can be sad about someone and still love them. So it's not like you love someone one day and the next day you don't. Like that's not really how love works. Are you following no, me? Yeah, I'm following you on that. Okay. Okay. So what, what you're describing to me with this new guy is actually a healthy relationship. It's boring. It's I'm sorry. Boring. Okay. It's, but you don't have to make it boring. You don't have to make it boring. We can talk about how to make it not boring, but what you're describing to me and, and look, maybe this is not the right person, right? I'm not saying just because this seems to be a healthy relationship and it's not like all over the place emotionally means he's like your forever after and you should like go marry him. I'm not saying that. Like he may not be the right person and you might really actually be boring. But what you're experiencing though doesn't seem to be something that's playing out your old patterns. And a big part of that is because you're in the tribe and you're doing a lot of work around this, right? So like you're reaping the benefits right now. So first that's like something to celebrate. Right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just, it's just, and I don't do older men and he doesn't have a stitch of gray hair. So, which is awesome, but that's a whole other. <laughs> yeah, we, well, so, so yeah, what you're describing to me sounds like a healthy relationship. Cause like when someone just seems too good to be true, they're just like, I call it um, scratching the itch, right? Like when you have a really bad itch and you finally can like scratch it, you know, like, especially if it's like on your back and you're like, Oh, I got to stretch my the back, the itch on my back. Right. And like, and then you finally yeah. get it. It just feels like, Oh, it's so good. Right. And so that's pretty much what all these relationships are that you're describing where it's just like, so good. Feels like love feels like whatever. Um, but that's just an old wound an old void getting filled or, um, uh, just triggered um, you know, in, in, in some way. And then once like real life starts setting in and like, you have to like go kind of more of like your day to day and the relationship kind of turns into like what it would look like long-term, like the puzzle pieces kind of like shift a little bit and they don't match up as nice. And that's when either the relationship will just end or that's when it starts to turn toxic. And then the race is to get it back to how it was when, when it started. Right. Because that felt really good. And that's when you start getting on the ups and downs of the roller coasters. So you're like on a steady state relationship, which is great. So let's talk about now being a fish out of water and how to maybe bring some more excitement to this relationship and maybe also maybe to let it go if it's not the right person. Just because this is a healthy, seemingly beginning of a relationship doesn't mean that it's the right person. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I mean, he's, it's crazy. Like he's awesome. He's nice. He's easy to talk mm-hmm. to. He's fun. He's you know, an overgrown child sometimes, which works well because I can be an overgrown kid too. You know, he's just, he's, he's fun. He's a lot of fun and generous and caring and anyways. And, you know, he has all these wonderful qualities and I really like being with him. Just, it's just, it's just, I, that fizzle fire sexual energy is just not there. It comes in spurts. So I don't, I, what do you mean it comes in spurts? Like, do um, do you have a sexual relationship with him? I do. We've only had sex like maybe twice. So maybe two or three times. And it's mostly because like of my daughter. And then when we go out, it's public and whatever. So a lot of it's that. I mean, he's the first one that I didn't kiss on the first date. He's the first one that I let him do in the first move. He's the first one where I totally backed off. Like I did everything. I did nothing I normally do. I totally did everything out of my pattern. I didn't make the first move. I didn't even plan it. I didn't have any hidden agenda. I didn't map out the whole date. If I'm making any sense. Yeah. 
you know, I didn't do all of that. That's he's the first guy. I didn't do anything. He totally did the lead. He gave me the first kiss was on the third day, everything. He initialed everything. And that was fabulous. Just, I just, I just, I feel so out of my element. I'm usually the, I'm usually the, you know, Okay, let me, I'm going to pause you because like you have, um, a lot of this is going to be some emotional, like learning to relearn what love felt like, um, or feels like, but also, um, I think you have a lot of beliefs around like how you need this or like, you know, I didn't do this and I just, and I want to want you to break away from some of these old beliefs because does that make sense? Okay. I think. So, okay. Let's, let's go back to, um, let's go back to the sex thing. Is there physical chemistry there? Do you well, there is when we do. Okay. Okay. So how yeah. is it boring? Cause you said earlier it was boring. No, it's, it's not boring. It's just, it's just, it's not Patau firework. Like I, I'm thinking, and I mean, they were all toxic relationships. So, I mean, I guess it's not a fair comparison, but you know, when you meet someone and it's like, Oh my God, he's gorgeous. He's cute. He just does everything to you. That's wonderful. And you just want to grab them and you know what I mean? Like you just that. Well, I think you can get there, but I think it's still going to feel a little bit different because it's coming from a place of, you know, genuinely really knowing the person and potentially loving the person at some point. Right. So it's just going to feel different than like someone just getting like a void or filling a void for you. Right. And I think the way that you're going to do that is by relearning what love actually feels like. So you have a daughter, right? I do. Okay. And um, I'm assuming, do you have, oh, I shouldn't assume anything. Do you have a good relationship? Like you love her? I know yeah, you, we're really because really close. Yeah. She's yeah. 17. She's like my sidekick. She's yeah. unbelievable. My son too. Okay. Okay. So you said you're, um, you're dealing with uh, maybe some old issues around abandonment, right? Yes. Okay. So, um, go ahead and, um, let's just like, let's just take a moment and go ahead and close your eyes for a second. And when you think of your childhood and you think of abandonment, how old do you feel? Oh God. Um, six. Okay. So I want you to see that six-year-old inside of you or just inside of you, like your mind's eye, just picture her. Okay. And just notice what she's feeling at six years old. How is she feeling? Scared and alone. Mm-hmm. And, um, she wants someone to save her, but it's not going to happen. Okay. This is important. She wants someone to save her. Save her from what? Not to give the specific situation if you don't want, but just generally save her from what? Um. <laughs> so my, oh God. great. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my dad was physically and sexually abusive and, mm-hmm. and, and anyways, I did a lot of work around it, and, yep. but you know, just, you know, looking at the door and hoping someone would come in and nobody does, even though, you know, people can hear, it's just, you know, just, uh, it's anyways, it's a hard pill to swallow. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of trauma, a lot of pain. And a desire to be saved. And just that, you know, you're worth, you know, you're worth coming after. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot to be said for that. It's just, it's just, it's, I can't imagine. I would never do that to my daughter in a heartbeat. And I can't imagine. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. It's not a good place. Yeah. So what is your inner six-year-old? What does she want to hear from you? What would you want to tell her? Or what does she need from you? That she deserves to be in a in a safe environment. She deserves to be, she deserves all the good things that, that she's lovable and she's worthy and mm-hmm. that, you know, this is not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So go ahead and open your eyes for me. Take a breath. We need, um, these, if you're being really honest with yourself, and a lot of times as strong, independent women, we don't want to admit this to ourselves. Um, but if you're being really honest with yourself in some ways, maybe before you started doing some of this work, were you kind of hoping a guy would come and just kind of rescue you from your life? Like as an adult, not like as a six-year-old. Yeah. I mean, I'm strong, independent and have my shit in order, but yeah, of course, everybody wants that knight in shining armor type of moment. Right. Right. So from what I can see is that this pattern specifically really relates to this wish to be rescued when you were six years old and at six years old, like um, obviously that was a different situation. And, you know, I wish someone was able to come in and rescue you and save you from that environment because no six year old deserves to have to grow up like that, to be living in a house like that. Home should be safety, right? Yeah. 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 But there's still this little part of you, this little six-year-old that has this desire to just want to be, yes, rescued, but also worth being rescued, right? And it's playing out in like these relationships that just would feel almost too good to be true. Cause imagine like if you're six years old and you got, if you were able to get rescued from the house and go live in another, with another family, another family member or whatever that where it was safe and, and warm and all that kind of stuff. Like it would just feel so good. What? But then there's another part to it. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Okay. So, so there's an, there's an, the problem is, it's it's kind of like a two thing, a twofold thing, because then, okay, so you know the whole sex thing, where like sex, love, and lust, and da 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 da. Anyways, so when I was nine, my dad's best friend. I can't believe I'm doing this because I don't normally do this, especially on where it's gonna go live. Anyways, so my dad's best friend said to me when I was nine, he said, you know, the only way to hold on to a man is to show him how good you are in bed. And I will be that man. And I've lived my whole life or three quarters of that life owning that skill. 
I've used it to keep men, get their attention, to be the center of attention. And I mean, when I mean I honed it, it's like Freudian at its finest, right? It's like I've I've honed that skill and forever in a day. And I've done so much work to detangle all of that. But that's very much a big, huge part of me. That's how I, I, and that's why with this, like I did so much work and, you know, this, in this relationship, I played it all different. I played it all, I didn't do the lead and I didn't like, you know, do that first kiss. I didn't, and I did it on purpose because I've been working so much on myself and I wanted to just try to let all that go. But part of me is like, you know, this is almost like, that's he, the, the whole sex lust thing is so huge for me and I just don't know what to do without it. I, I, I don't, I don't know what to do. I, am I making any sense? You're making making complete sense. He said this, your dad's friend said something to you and that created your worldview at nine years old. That's a very impressionable age. I mean, a lot of ages are impressionable, but especially nine years old, because that's when you start figuring things out about, you know, you're on the cusp of figuring out things about boys and, you know, how babies are made and relationships, right? Like you're beginning to be old enough to be cognizant of that. So it's literally like, kind of like, you know, it's like another stage of like, you know, like a baby learning to walk, like their world changes, like your world is about to change at nine years old. You're about to go through puberty and like learn about boys and crushes and relationships and sex. So it's like, that was a very formative belief that he created upon you. And it's not fair that he said that to you because it's not true. And if nothing else with this person that you're dating now, I believe in soulmates, right? But I don't believe necessarily in soulmates that we all have one soulmate out there. Like I don't really buy that. Um, What I do buy is that every single person is a soulmate if we allow them to be. And so whether or not this relationship lasts forever, 10 years or whatever, maybe the only reason why this person came into your life is to learn what a stable relationship can feel like from a man and what it feels like to receive, to receive like his politeness and his kindness to you to receive his love and his affection. And yes, like the physical things of sex too, but the whole scope of what a relationship and what love includes, because it's a lot more than just love and sex, love and, um, or excuse me, love. it's a lot more than just lust and sex. Right. And you've done so much work and I know you have. Um, but I also just want to throw in like the work never really ends, not because you're like always going to be broken or always going to be fixed. It's just like, you always can go one layer deeper, right? You can always, you always learn something else about, about yourself. Um, but maybe at this point you've done so much work on yourself that now you're ready to call in this person who's maybe the, the only sole job. And I mean, soul as in like S O U L, not the only job, but the sole job for this person is to get comfortable with what this feels like because it does feel really uncomfortable for you. Cause even though the latter experiences aren't what you want, right? Like you don't want like these toxic start or start, start hot and heavy and then end faster than they started. Like you don't want those relationships anymore, but on some level they're really familiar. Yeah. You know what to do. You know how to handle yourself. You know how to cope when it all falls apart. Like you know how to get them in bed. Like you know how to do all of these things. Well, Really, <laughs> you're an expert, right? Like you're really good. Like own that. Like it's you got to have a little bit of a little bit of humor too, right? And so, like even like 
and I know you've done a lot of work on your childhood, but like given like where you've been, it's obviously like, it's not a far stretch to, to have a dating experience like this, especially when there's that, that huge parallel of like wanting someone to come rescue you and wanting to basically be chosen and to be worthy of saving, you know, like you're just playing that out, but just in a whole new way. And so this work is going to be a, you know, a, a few different ways. I mean, one, like I already know you're doing inner child work, but just to keep that inner child work. And the reason why I asked a little bit while or a little while ago before we got like sidetracked another way is, you know what love feels like because you love your daughter. Yeah. And matter. obviously it's not like a romantic love, but like that's that base, like, you know, there can be different kinds of love. Like if you think of love as like, you know, like a bubble chart kind of, and you got the center and that's love and you have like romantic love and you have like mother daughter love and you have like pet love and you know, just have all sorts of kinds of love. Right. Um, but the base of it is like, or like the core of that little bubble chart. It's love. Love is love is love. doesn't matter what kind of relationship it is. So you know what that feels like the base of it. And so what you have to start doing is start feeling, you know, I, I often have my clients do a meditation where they, you know, whether it's a pet or a sister or a daughter or, you know, someone they just love unconditionally. There's not baggage. So we're not talking about like mom or dad, you know, because for most of us probably baggage there. Um, but just that true, like pure unconditional love. And you just like, think of them, you pour all your love and you just really get into this like state of being of just like pure love and you're imagining this person's and for you would be your daughter. And then you replace that image of your daughter with yourself and you start sending yourself that kind of love. Right. Because once you can experience it for yourself, like unconditionally like that, then it's going to be easier to experience it with like a romantic partner. Right. And you, and you have someone right now, so this is even better because you have someone right now that you can quote unquote practice. <laughs> he's just like a guinea pig and like, whatever, we're going to throw him out when you're done. Like not saying that at all. Um, but you have an opportunity now to practice that kind of love, like literally sit down do that meditation where you think about your daughter, think about your daughter, and then turn the love back on yourself. Um, so do that. I would do that every day, like five minutes. That's all you have to do. Set a time on your phone, do that for five minutes. Um, and then when there's moments of feeling like maybe, maybe feel like some anxiousness with this relationship or just like some uncertainty or just like, Oh, what am I doing here? Then you can recall that feeling of love and just send it back to yourself. Cause that's going to help you to expand. Cause basically what you need to do is you have to expand your experience of love. Cause right now your experience of love is basically lust and sex. Yeah, pretty much. And so, and that's fine, right? We all got to start from somewhere, like, right? And so now you have an opportunity to expand every time you feel uncomfortable. And I feel uncomfortable in things all the time. I'm, all, I'm constantly going outside of my comfort zone. And yeah, sometimes I'm like, uh, can I just turn on The Bachelor? <laughs> just watch that. Like, you know, <laughs> you know. Um, but if I can just really like focus on me and, and like self-love and just really imagine that for myself, and really also breathe. So just imagine like my capacity for love expand, like literally just imagining like love is like a little, like it can be whatever you want it to be, but like a little like speck of light in the middle of your chest. And it just expands every time you take a breath. Um, just some sort of visualization that helps you to feel like you're physically expanding to allow this person into 
your life? I can't imagine anybody loving me like I love my daughter, which I don't know what that makes me sound like, but it's just everything. Well, that's, the, that's the work. That's the work. It's 100% possible. And now again, like it's not going to be exactly the same because we're talking about romantic love versus like a mom and daughter love. But in terms of like that, that level of like trust and intimacy and vulnerability, like 100%, you can have that. But you have to believe it too. That's another whole can of worms that we won't get into. Um, but you have to believe it. So let, let me do this. Okay. Let, let's, let's, let's like essentialize this. Cause I want, I want, you have a few different assignments. So one is doing this love meditation towards your daughter and then back to you. Right. So that's the first thing. Okay. And then the, the second thing is you have a story, right. Of like what happened, where you are now and how you just like, don't know what love, lust and sex, you know, there's no difference to you. So that's your story. So I want you to write a new story for yourself and read it every day until it starts to feel like, Oh yeah, this is my story. My story isn't that I'm just going to end up in all of these toxic relationships or run away from the good guys or like whatever the story is. So write a new story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then in real time with this guy, when you feel uncomfortable or when you feel like you want to run or hide or anxious or whatever the feeling is, just breathe into it and say, even kind of like, you know, if I was a little birdie on your shoulder, you'd be like, okay, Stephanie, what's coming up for you right now? <laughs> what does this feeling remind you of? What is it that you really want to run from or hide from? And, and just breathe into that and just feel yourself expand just like energetically allowing this person into your life and just, and maybe taking some of the pressure off. Like maybe this person is only meant to come into your life to support your process in doing this. Maybe that's it. Or maybe he is your forever person. I don't know. No one knows. I don't know either. That's okay. You don't have to know. And I think probably trying to like figure that out also probably adds some of this pressure of like, it's so boring. Am I be bored the rest of my life? (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's just, it's weird. It's just, it's, it's, weird it's like we went to the movies yesterday and it was awesome and we played air hockey and i love air hockey because it's fun and it was fun it was absolutely fun and i was just so in the mode and it was fun and it was great and i was like we're laughing and joking and i was attracted to him and everything and it's just but it's not that patel and i guess that's what i'm having a hard time that's the story that's the story you got to change and write the new story so the new story has no patel well, it can, but it's going to be in a different way, right? Because it's going to like, it's part of the reason why the Patel feels so Patel is because like, it's something you can't always have when you're in those kinds of relationships, right? Because you never know how the relationship is going to be day to day, week to week. No, my ex was an alcoholic. So trust me, it was right. Like you never know what it's going to be. It could be great or it could be really shitty. Yeah, it was bad. Right. Um, and so there, you can definitely have like, that spark, but it's going to be, it's, it's in some ways, like, you know, it may not be exactly what it was before because it's going to be something that you can have whenever you want. Cause it's going to be a steady relationship and a stable relationship. And I think just because of that inherently, it's kind of like, and some, like there's that saying like, we want, what we can't have. Yeah. Right. And so there could be a little bit of, of that playing into it. 
And I would just trust that you can still feel that child, the fireworks, whatever in a relationship, but it's just going to feel different when it's a healthy, steady, stable relationship rather than a hot cold. So a slow burn. Slow burn. That's what you want, right? Like you want a relationship to last. I do. I do. I definitely want that. It's just, I'm like I said, fish out of, and it's funny because I'm going to go in tangent mode. Sorry. It's funny because for the last six years, what I do is every year I do something that's out of my comfort zone every year, like totally out of my comfort zone. I've played volleyball. That was hilarious. I learned this year be what this is out of your comfort zone. This is totally out of my comfort and zone. And just let it be out of your comfort zone. That's fine. And let yourself receive. So like if you're having like a really fun, you know, night playing air hockey or whatever with him, then like just take a moment like during that time and just pause and just like breathe it in, like feel gratitude for it. All of those things are going to help expand what, what is in your comfort zone. Or it's going to help expand your comfort zone, which will inherently expand what is in your comfort zone, right? You just got to like get those property margins bigger and bigger and bigger, bigger. So it's like scooping up more stuff, right. To be in your comfort zone. And that's what this is. Um, makes sense. It makes sense. Does this help? It does. It does. Awesome. Well, keep us updated you're in the tribe. So I'll be checking in on you. Um, and let us know, you know, check in in a couple weeks and let us know where you are in the relationship so we can support you and making a decision about the relationship if you need, or helping you to continue expanding. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Thank you. All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Stephanie. And Stephanie, thank you so, so much for coming onto the show. I so appreciate your vulnerability and your rawness and your realness. And like I always say in these episodes, I'm always so inspired and humbled by the vulnerability expressed by each woman in the show. It's not easy. It's it's hard being coached, right? Because I ask hard questions and we talk about hard things, but it's even harder to come on here and actually share this publicly with an audience of thousands of women. So for Stephanie and everyone who has come onto my show, thank you again from the bottom of my heart because your ability or your your um, desire to be vulnerable and open with me on this on these types of calls helps so many other women. And I know that they are so thankful for you as well. I can feel that. So as you listen to my call with Stephanie, you can begin to see some clear connections or connecting the dots, if you will, between how Stephanie wanted to be rescued um, when she was when she was little, and she deserved to be rescued from the situation that she was in. No six-year-old should have to deal um, with that. No, that should never be, you know, the home environment for a six-year-old. And so, but now as an adult, she's kind of playing out that pattern of almost wanting to be rescued or taken from or picked in a way um, as an adult. Now, is it the exact same situation? No, of course not. But but Stephanie isn't six anymore, and she's not living with her abusive father. But that wound can still get triggered in different ways as an adult. And nine times out of 10 for, for people, that wound is almost always going to get triggered in romantic relationships because there is so much intimacy and vulnerability and just the nature of the game is that there is rejection involved. So of course, it's going to poke at some of those core wounds and core issues. So as you're beginning to connect dots, I don't want you to look for like exact same situations, right? We're, we're more in like, um, 
uh, like either metaphors or similes, right? So we're looking for similar situations where maybe like the feeling was the same, but obviously it can look very different because you're not five, you're not 10. Maybe you're not living at mom and dad's house anymore, but some of those core wounds you can keep getting um, played out over and over again. So if you find yourself, you know, playing out, whether it's issues around abandonment, issues, um, any kind of obviously physical, sexual trauma, um, anything around um, feeling like you had to earn someone's love and or approval in order to, um, you know, be loved or be good enough or whatever, you're probably going to be playing that out. And I just want to say one thing, I'm going to go over some steps on what to start working on um, in just a moment. But I just want to say and I and I say this a lot, but I just want to make sure that you know this, that this doesn't only apply to people who have experienced trauma or abuse. So this can happen no matter what your upbringing was like. You know, I've worked with lots of clients who have had traumatic upbringings, you know, um, that experience um, abuse like Stephanie has. And then I've also worked with clients where it was like, from the outside, it looked idyllic, but there was no emotional connection or um, vulnerability within the family. And so where there might have been like some people pleasing patterns, or you had to like really get mom's attention by like performing really well at school or acting out or whatever it was. And so it can happen to quote unquote, perfect families too, um, that there are still some core wounds, some core ways that you develop beliefs about the world, men, relationships, dating, things like that, um, that can be affecting how you date now and are in relationship now. So really, like, no matter where you are, whether it was a quote unquote, at least from the outside, looked like a nice childhood or, you know, something like um, abuse or trauma, um, no matter where you are on that spectrum, the inner child work is a must. And honestly, it's not really optional. And if you're not interested in doing the inner child work, um, then you probably, I don't, you probably, I don't, you probably wouldn't even be listening to this episode anyway, or this podcast anyways, because I talk about this kind of stuff so much. Um, this is so important. And this is like the key and it's the core of everything else. You know, there's lots of other little tricks and gimmicks and stuff that you can do, but none of that's actually going to create long-term change unless you do the inner child work. Uh, So, you know, like I said to Stephanie, once you start doing the emotional work, you know, then you can start working with the more mental piece. And so we talked about that with Stephanie with um, writing a new story, right? She has these beliefs that she needs to, to not identify with. She needs to separate herself from those beliefs if she wants to create a new reality for herself, essentially. And so a lot of things like that might be around writing a new story, like I assigned her. It also can be things like affirmations or mantras. Those are a little bit more trendy and more popular, especially in the Instagram world. World. And they're really great, except the problem is, is that if you do that work without doing the inner child healing work, then you're doing yourself a disservice. You know, I talk a lot about, and I said this here, is that you, there's four areas um, that you have to heal and grow. And it's the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. And so inner child work is very much emotional because any kind of pain or feelings around our childhood is going to be emotional. And if you try to quote unquote, fix that or solve that with just a bunch of affirmations or mantras, like you're basically just giving yourself a pep talk. And, you know, like if you've ever tried to pep yourself out of getting out of bed at 6am to go on a run, you know, pep talks only get you so far, maybe you'll do it for a week, or maybe even a couple weeks if you're super awesome. But for most of us, it's not going to be what actually um, 
gets the rubber on the road to gets you moving forward. So you have to do the emotional piece. And yes, do the writing a new story. I think that's really important. Or do the affirmations or the mantras, but you've got to do the inner child work. And I just want to let you know that if you want my guidance in doing the inner child work, we actually have or actually have an entire month dedicated in the Love Action Tribes, taking you step by step on how to begin to do this process. So if you're not sure how to heal your inner child, or you're not sure like what the wound even is, but you think maybe something's there, um, then you can join us in the Love Action Tribe and you have access to all of the archives, the old months that we've already done. And you can dig into those and then of course, get support from me in the Q&A sessions or in the Facebook group um, so that we can support you in this inner child healing so that you can um, move forward in your uh, love life. And so then the final piece that Stephanie has to work on, and of course, this is like anyone who can relate to what Stephanie is asking or going through, is you have to relearn what love feels like. And so I invite you to try out the meditation. I didn't really, we didn't really do it together for the interest of time, but I just instructed her how to do it. And I encourage you to check out um, that as well. You can try it. You can, if you don't have a kid, you can think about your dog or your niece or someone trying to think of someone who's triggering. So like if your sister is triggering, your mom's triggering, like that's not the person to use this meditation with. And I also encourage you to check out episode 111, where I talk about three relationships you're confusing with love. I talk a lot about relationships, um, a few different kinds of relationships where you feel like, oh, yeah, that's love, but it's actually not. And so that will also give you some more things to chew on as well. Now, another angle that I did not, Stephanie and I just did not get into, I mean, if we were working um, one-on-one, I would, this would definitely come up in one of our sessions for sure, but we didn't talk about sex or pleasure or feeling pleasure in the body, because obviously for her, sex was not necessarily a pleasurable thing, um, you know, growing up, and we didn't get too deep into the woods with this, so I'm not going to, like, you know, guess on, like, what her experiences were or what she felt. I'm not going to, to do that, but obviously there's some trauma around that. And she said she's done a lot of work. So obviously, if we're working together, I'd want to know what exactly that was. Um, However, you know, if you have experienced any kind of sexual trauma, um, even if it wasn't like straight up like violence, but just an uncomfortable sexual situation, or even if you grew up in a really religious household where sex was quote unquote bad or not to do before marriage or whatever, you can have some really complicated relationships around sex that's going to show up in just like how you relate to your body it can also show up in the form of eating disorders because you probably have a hard time experiencing pleasure. And you could definitely even make the argument that there's a parallel between experiencing pleasure just by being with someone who is treating you really well. And we, I didn't even bring that up with Stephanie, but that could also be another parallel. So if you ha- feel like you have some Um, healing to do around sex or any shame around sex, then I want you to check out episodes 125 and episode episode 133. Um, Those are also coaching call episodes where I talk to um, uh, two different callers, and they have different questions around around sex, but that can definitely give you um, just a little bit of taste and kind of an idea of the kind of work that might need to be done. And finally, um, in the Love Action Tribe in October, no, November, November, not in October, um, we are focusing on all things sex. So if you want to heal some old sexual trauma or um, just shift your relationship to it or 
be in a place where you're not using it to get the guy or get the attention or whatever it is and just have a healthy relationship with it, um, then make sure you join us because the Love Action Tribe won't be open again before November. So if you want to work on that with me um, and within an awesome community of women, then another reason to join us in the tribe. And also, I don't know if I said this, um, next month, we're actually focusing on all things people pleasing. So if you have those patterns, if you feel like you're people pleaser, attracting a bunch of narcissists, um, I'm going to help you shift those patterns next month. And so again, another really juicy topic that I know comes up a ton with this community. So make sure you get in on the goods, veronicagrant.com forward slash tribe, because the tribe will not be open again um, before those two themes happen. And so I just want you to make sure that you get in on that if you are interested. All right, my dears, that is all I have for you this week. I will see you again next week. I'm super excited for next week's episode. I'm not even going to tell you. Well, I'll give you a hint. It's about how to and where to meet men. And I'm super excited because I get that question all the time. It's a really good episode. And I hope to see many of you inside the Love Action Tribe. And again, enrollment is open only through next week. So please don't delay in getting in because I don't want you to forget because you won't be able to join again for a while uh, because we only open enrollment eh, two or three times a year. So all right, I will talk to you next week. Bye. for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns.